Michael Vaughn. Welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek. And somebody in the comments asked not too long ago to do a video on the accuracy of movie portrayals in Lord of the Rings because some of the portrayals are pretty accurate and some are not. And here I'm talking specifically about descriptive, descriptive stuff like how tall, what their hair color is, things like that. And by and large, a lot of details tend to get overlooked, I will say. So we're going to look at specifically the members of the Fellowship of the Ring. So the Four Hobbits, Gimli, Legolas, Aragorn, Boromir, and Gandalf. Maybe one of these days I'll do another video where I talk about other characters that we get less time with. But by and large, these are the ones that we get the most descriptions of and the most time with. So they're the ones that kind of matter the most. So... We're just going to look at them for now. Maybe I'll do another one in the future, but I'm also going to be kind of comparing the different movies that have come out, as you may have noticed from the thumbnail. There's different levels of accuracy when it comes to how the different movies portray these characters, so I'll be looking at that as well as, you know, not just Peter Jackson's movies. I'll be looking at Rankin-Bass and Ralph Bakshi for comparative notes here, and well, we'll see where they fall out. Let's start with the Hobbits. Ironically, the Hobbits are the ones that get mostly the least description of the group, except maybe Gimli and Legolas. They tend to be pretty vague, too. Uh, but the Hobbits generally almost get no physical descriptions. Frodo gets the most, probably followed by Sam, and then Merry and Pippin we almost have no physical description of. Hobbits generally, according to Tolkien, fall between three and four feet tall, seldom four feet, and rarely three feet, usually somewhere towards the middle. And in a letter he wrote critiquing a painting done by Pauline Baines, he mentioned that the hobbits in the group should have been between like three, four, three, six, somewhere in that range. Merry and Pippin, obviously, after they drink the int draft in Fangorn, probably get taller than this. And so, you know, they're kind of a special case. But prior to that, they're probably all in that range, 3-4 to 3-6. Tolkien specifically mentioned that he thought of Sam as being the shortest but also the sturdiest of the four, which makes sense. He works outdoors. He's a gardener. The other three are kind of like landed gentry. They're not working hard, so they're not going to have sturdy builds. For the same reason... Same reason, I'm getting Freudian slips here about Sam. Sam has browner skin. He's mentioned as having brown hands. Well, that's probably a tan from being outdoors all the time. We do get a little bit more description of Frodo, although I will say one other interesting thing, and this is not about Sam per se, but he starts out the journey with an accessory that no movie has ever included. And it's basically a felt bag, a shapeless felt bag, which he was calling a hat. Imagine that how you will, but it just makes Sam all the more hilarious. Um, it, it might make him slightly more hilarious than the Ralph Bakshi Samwise Gamgee, which is saying something. We can also say a couple of things generally, because Tolkien tells us in the introduction, the, the prologue rather, to The Lord of the Rings... Harfoots tend to be kind of the most average hobbits. Um, medium brown hair, you know, the roughly the average height. Stewars tend to be shorter and stockier. Fallow hides 
taller and thinner. Fallow hides also tend to be fairer skinned. Um, and that could come from the fact that they tended to live in mountains before they all settled in the Shire. But at any rate, more than likely, the ones with the most fallow hide lineage would be Bilbo, I mean, well, not Bilbo too, but Frodo, Merry, and Pippin. Merry and Pippin probably more so. Frodo probably gets his main fallow hide influence from the fact that he's part Took from, you know, the the old Took strain, which is why he and Bilbo are closely related in part. So there's, and also he had a, a brandy buck for a mother. So there's some of that going on, but the brandy books and the Tooks are probably somewhat more fallow hideish, and so they probably have fairer skin, fairer hair. So actually, interestingly enough, the dark-haired Frodo that we get in Peter Jackson's version is probably the least accurate of all the movie versions in that way, because he probably should have had lighter hair. Like, not super light, because he was also somewhat Harfoot, which means he would have had browner hair, but both Ralph Bakshi and Rankin Bass give him kind of a medium brown, and Ralph Bakshi's even is kind of reddish, which is kind of strange, but it's the color palette in Ralph Bakshi is a little weird anyway, in some cases. So those are more accurate in that way, but we do get a little bit more of a very distinct description of Frodo from Gandalf himself. Butterbur tells Frodo at the Bree, at the inn in Bree that Gandalf had described him and telling him, you know, you need to look out for this guy. And he says, he's a stout little fellow with red cheeks, said Mr. Butterbur solemnly. Pippin chuckled, but Sam looked indignant. That won't help you much. It goes for most hobbits, Barley, he says to me, continued Mr. Butterbur with a glance at Pippin. But this one is taller than some and fairer than most, and he has a cleft in his chin. Perky chap with a bright eye. Begging your pardon, but he said it, not me. So, Frodo is probably then at least taller than the average male hobbit. Maybe not as tall as Merry and Pippin. They may be taller. It's not really clear. Um, but he's probably the fairest toned of all of them. So he actually probably has lighter hair than Merry and Pippin, or at least about the same. So, Merry and Pippin probably have average to maybe slightly lighter hair color because of their fallow hide influence, but Frodo probably has roughly the same shade that they do in terms of hair color. Sam probably has the darkest brown hair, and he's probably also the brownest skinned, again, because he's not a fallow hide, and also because he spends his days out in the sun. So that's our best descriptions of the hobbits, really. And like I said, that's just there's just really not much of it. Aragorn, of course, we meet in Bree for the first time under the name Strider, and this is where we get most of the description there is about him. Tolkien adds a little bit to this in that same letter about Pauline Baines, and he also kind of implicitly adds to it in other writings that he did about the nature of elves and men and how their lineage results in some certain appearances, and I'll get to that last but just to start us off, here's Aragorn's description in The Prancing Pony. He showed a shaggy head of dark hair flecked with gray, and in a pale, stern face, and in a pale, stern face, a pair of keen gray eyes. He's also noted as wearing a dark green cloak that is 
very wear, you know, weather worn and travel worn. And he has high leather boots that are very supple, but well worn as well. So in this one, we get a pretty decent description of him. He's got a shaggy head of hair, so we can imagine that his head of hair is probably not very short, so probably longer than the Ralph Bakshi version, but maybe not quite as long as, say, the Peter Jackson version, and probably not as long as the Rankin-Bass version. Hard to say, but, I mean, you wouldn't think of shaggy hair being long enough that it would fall below your shoulders. Uh, so he's got keen gray eyes, and that kind of, it's hard to tell in either the Ralph Bakshi version or the uh, Rankin-Bass version because we get so little time with him, and especially in terms of close-ups. Um, Ralph Bakshi looks like he's just dark-eyed, but you really can't distinguish eye color in really any of the characters. Um, so there's, it, it's really hard to tell there. The dark green cloak actually does fall into all three movies, except for the Peter Jackson version, the cloak almost, it's not really clear. Like, there's scenes in the movie where he's got a cloak and it's not clear what color it is. It's when they're traveling to Rivendell from Bree. Uh, mostly he wears what looks kind of like a leather duster, which is green. And I'm not sure if that was the influence for that or not. So, eh, that that one's kind of hard. But the others, in the early scene where we get just kind of a picture where Gandalf is narrating and we see Aragorn traveling, presumably through the paths of the dead or something, he is wearing a green cloak. And this, of course, is after all the Two Towers stuff. So, how accurate that is compared to what it should be, yeah, who knows. But in the... Prancing Pony scene in Ralph Bakshi's version, he's very definitely wearing a green cloak, as you can see in the thumbnail. Uh, and they all, you know, they all kind of have generally the same description. They all do have high boots. Well, I don't think we ever really see his boots in the, the Rankin-Bass version, so that's kind of hard to tell. Uh, but the other two definitely have fairly high boots. And the main difference really comes down to the length of the hair Neither, none of them really have any gray that we can see, so they're all kind of wrong on that. But now the last point, and this is where Ralph Bakshi comes a little bit closer, is that Aragorn, and this goes for other characters as well, should not have a beard. And the reason he doesn't have a beard is because he has elvish heritage, and Tolkien mentions this in his letter to Pauline, uh, not to Pauline Baines, but about the Pauline Baines painting. And or I think he mentions it there. At any rate, he certainly mentions it in other writings where he talks about elves have no beards, which is a little weird because Cured on the Shipwright is specifically stated to have a beard at the very end of The Lord of the Rings. Leaving that aside, elves apparently don't have beards, and humans descended from half-elven strains also do not have beards. And this also apparently affects Denethor, Faramir, and Boromir. And I'll get to Boromir in a bit, of course. So, the Ralph Bakshi version is at least more accurate in the sense that the Aragorn in that movie does not have a beard. The other two, P Peter Jackson's and Rankin-Bass, definitely have beards, and therefore are definitely wrong. I will say, though, as an interesting note on the, the uh, Rankin-Bass version, you may notice if you look carefully that he's got a legal, little eagle-shaped brooch with a green gem in it, that's a nice touch, because that is something that he wears 
at least after Lothlorien. I can't remember exactly when it comes in, but he does wear it. And so that's kind of a nice little addition that they put in there that none of the other versions really, well, of course, in the in the Ralph Bakshi version, we don't get a whole lot of time with Aragorn. After Lothlorien, we get some, but those are the kind of details you have to leave out in a really short, squeezed narrative, and we don't get it in Peter Jackson either, even though, of course, we see him all throughout. Now, since I've already mentioned Boromir, let's take him next. We get his first description when we meet him at the Council of Elrond, and Frodo notes that seated a little apart was a tall man with a fair and noble face, dark-haired and gray-eyed, proud and stern of glance. He was cloaked and booted as if for a journey on horseback, and indeed, though his garments were rich and his cloak was lined with fur, they were stained with long travel. He had a collar of silver in which a single white stone was set. His locks were shorn about his shoulders." Also, it notes that he had a sword which was like Narsil, but of less lineage. And the sword is really only important for the comparison between Peter Jackson and Ralph Bakshi, of course, because Boromir doesn't even come into the, the Rankin-Bass. Um, but in Peter Jackson's version, the sword that Boromir carries is very different from Narsil. It's extremely different, so they kind of missed out on that detail. Uh, by and large, though, the description is mostly right for the Peter Jackson version as opposed to the Ralph Bakshi version. Bakshi's version of Boromir doesn't look like he's a well-attired person out on a horse trip. He's He looks like a barbarian who walked in from a Viking raid. <laughs> um, and, of course, both of them have the beard, so they both mess that up. As I mentioned earlier, he would have also been beardless, according to Tolkien. The other thing is, either of them can kind of get away with the hair length. With Boromir and Ralph Bakshi, it's not clear that they're shorn about his shoulders. In Peter Jackson's, it does seem a little clearer because it's like it looks like a straight cut across. They both are a little bit wrong about the hair color, I think. They should probably both have very dark brown or black hair. These are probably descendants from the House of Beor, who had dark hair, gray eyes. That was like the standard appearance of all of those that those group of men um the the really fine details about the collar with the white stone set in it i don't think is in peter jackson's i never noticed it and it's certainly not in ralph bakshi's but that's a really fine point of detail right there but one other thing i should mention in this context while i'm on the idea of him being tall aragorn is also tall and here I'm just going to cover height generally because this is going to come up in everybody's and it's hard to pick where to cover it exactly. Tolkien actually specifically said in his comments on that Pauline Baines thing and also in some other places, I think, uh, but he, he basically says that Aragorn should be about six foot six, so very tall, probably the tallest member of the company. Boromir would be a little shorter, around six four. Legolas, he doesn't specify the height, but he does say in some places that Elves, or at least high elves, tend to get about six foot six. Legolas, being a descendant of Sindarin elves, may not be quite so tall, so he may be, you know, a little bit less than Boromir, maybe, but probably the third tallest, at least, of the entire group. And here's where things get interesting Gandalf should actually be kind of short. Tolkien says in this comment that. He should probably be a little more, maybe a little more than five foot six. So he's actually shorter than the average man, which is interesting because no 
I don't think there's a single movie version of Gandalf that is shorter than average. And in fact, he's typically taller than average. Ian McKellen is a pretty tall guy himself. And in fact, he might be like the second tallest of the of the actors playing any of these roles. I'm not sure. I haven't checked IMDb. Um, so that's interesting. But anyway, those are kind of the relative heights of all the characters, at least the you know, the the non-short ones, like the Gimli and the Hobbits are obviously all short, and that gets a little bit tricky. You know, Peter Jackson did a good job of, you know, picking John Rhys Davies, who is naturally tall, to play a dwarf, and then shrinking him, and the relatively short Hobbit actors, so they actually look probably about right. Uh, dwarves, as a general rule, according to Tolkien, would be four feet and up, probably, so that probably works out pretty good in terms of proportion. So, Boromir should be a little bit shorter than Aragorn, who should be really, really tall. And then Legolas, probably Boromir, or a little shorter. And then Gandalf is way down at like 5'6 to 5'8, probably. Speaking of Gandalf, let's talk about him a little bit. We get little bits and pieces about him in different parts of the story. And so I had to kind of just collate a bunch of stuff in my notes. We never get like one sustained description of him that really just puts it all together in one place, but he's noted to have white hair, so in fact, Peter Jackson's description of him, or not description, but the portrayal of Ian McKellen as Gandalf the Grey with very gray hair, and definitely not white hair, and then he's only got white hair when he's Gandalf the White, that's actually incorrect. He should have white hair the whole time. He's an old, old man in appearance. Uh, he has He's broad-shouldered, but shorter than average, his blue hat is battered, he has a gray cloak, which comes not much below the knees and is tarnished by wear. He's also noted as having a silver scarf as well. Now, the gray cloak that comes barely below the knees, that's not really stated much of anywhere in the story itself. That, again, is in Tolkien's comments about the Pauline Baines painting. So, you know, credit to all the movies that get him basically to ankle or floor length with his cloak... That's not really their fault. They wouldn't have known that. Uh, so we can kind of overlook that one. The silver scarf thing, they actually went to a lot of detail in the Peter Jackson version to really cover all those things. He's got the battered blue hat. He's got the silver scarf. He's got the gray cloak. He's got. They really went by the book description in terms of his clothing and things. Um, and you can't really get that much detail out of... Bakshi and Rankin Bass, but the general appearance is certainly right. Uh, Bakshi and Rankin Bass certainly do better in the hair color department because they all have him white haired, so that works better in that way. Um, height, as I mentioned before, all of these guys get wrong because Gandalf doesn't seem really shorter than average in any of these portrayals. Um, and the other thing that I would note. I forgot two two points. His eyebrows are noted in one place to be sticking out beyond the brim of his hat, which none of these hats have very small ridges in the movies. So you gotta wonder if in Tolkien's mind his blue hat had a relatively short brim or if he just has enormously long eyebrows. I mean, just like giant eyebrows. Uh, in either case, they are obviously exaggeratedly long. And so we have to assume 
you know, big and bushy. And in fact, Tolkien mentions in his description that he would have had elements of the grotesque about him, which lend to humor, you know, which is a interesting thing because in every single portrayal of him, he's always pretty serious. But we lose sight of the fact that Gandalf has a really deep sense of humor about him. Um, so at any rate, that's just another note. Um, but the broad-shouldered thing, that's interesting because none of the versions of Gandalf that we see on screen are particularly broad-shouldered. Now, it's kind of hard to pick that up, especially in animation, but you get the idea that what he's saying here is that Gandalf, despite being kind of small, is a well-built guy. He's not a frail old man. He may be short and he may be a little bit stooped with his age, at least for show, but he's, you know, he's not a nothing. He's got some power in his body that may be hidden, but it's there. So that's an interesting little detail that you can't, it's really hard to pick up in any kind of movie portrayal, even a, you know, a live action one, because it's like who's paying attention to shoulder width. But it's just a really interesting to note. Now let's talk about the other short member, and since we're already, you know, kind of trending in that direction with Gandalf. Gimli like I said earlier, has one of the least in terms of actual physical description. We know he has a beard, and we don't know a heck of a lot beyond that. I mean, we've got uh, we've got the point that I mentioned earlier that dwarves are generally like four feet higher, something like that. But also in his description, when they're about to leave Rivendell to go on the quest, it says that Gimli the dwarf alone wore openly a short shirt of steel rings. For dwarves make light of burdens, and in his belt was a broad-bladed axe. Now, that doesn't give us a whole lot to go on. That's really just what he's wearing. He's wearing a mail coat. Okay. Uh, and he's got a broad-bladed axe in his belt. That's that's kind of all we get about Gimli. He's got a long beard because he's a dwarf, and he's wearing armor. Uh, which, in... I don't think he's wearing chainmail in Peter Jackson until he gets to Helm's Deep. He's wearing something that looks like armor, certainly, but I don't think it's chainmail. And his his axe, would you call that broad-bladed? Arguable. It's kind of a weird shape, and you know, if you angled it so that it was kind of pointing all one way, it, you might call that a broad-bladed axe. Um, his axe in the Ralph Bakshi version is probably a little more accurate in that sense, but Ralph Bakshi's version is just wearing plain clothes. He's not wearing any kind of armor at all. Um, and I will say this, though, he's apparently not wearing a helmet until Helm's Deep in the book, because it says at Helm's Deep he chooses a steel cap to wear. So presumably he had no helmet before, so in that sense Peter Jackson is wrong. Was he wearing a hat or nothing before? Eh, don't know. So, you know, we don't have a whole lot to go on here, and in that way, neither of them are particularly bad representations, but eh, it, it's just really hard to say with Gimli, because we know so little about him. Now for Legolas, the only elf in the group. Again, we don't get a whole lot of description of Legolas in one place, so I had to kind of put different things together from different parts of the book. And also, Tolkien's outside of the story description of him, which, you know, just, there's very different bits and pieces. 
when we first meet him, he's noted to be wearing green and brown. And in this way, of course, he is obviously more accurately portrayed in Peter Jackson than in Ralph Bakshi, who puts him in white. Probably because he was kind of basing him on Glorfindel, who was not Legolas, let's just say. Um, he is noted to be immensely strong, able to swiftly pull a warbow and shoot down a Nazgul. And warbow, for those of you who aren't very familiar, real warbows are hefty pieces of weaponry. I mean, it takes a lot of strength to pull a warbow. It's not, it's not like you're, you know, going down to the archery range and, you know, just shooting off arrows type of bow. That that's easy. But warbows, those things are meant to shoot arrows hundreds of yards potentially and you can't just flick them off one at a time you know just right off however many you want i mean that just that doesn't happen but legolas apparently is capable of doing that pretty well because he's an elf and really strong and on that note um he is mentioned as being tall as a young tree whatever that means um and he wore only light shoes because elven bodies are so sturdy that he doesn't need to wear heavy boots when you know walking on even really rocky terrain. Here, the Bakshi version is actually more accurate, although in fairness, even Peter Jackson's Legolas's boots are pretty, you know, minimalistic. They don't look like really heavy walking boots or anything like that. They look pretty light, but they're not shoes. You know, the ones that Bakshi's version wears look, to me, lighter. So, anyway, that's that's one advantage Bakshi has. Other notes about Legolas. Whenever he sets out, it's noted that he has a bow and a quiver, and at his belt, a long white knife. So, the both versions, Bakshi and Peter Jackson, fail on this point. We never see a knife in the hands of Bakshi's Legolas, or at his belt, I don't even think. Um, and we, but we'd certainly never see him use it there. And in Peter Jackson's version, of course, they gave him two knives and they're not at his belt. They're on his back. So, you know, minor details, but this is a thing. I mean, it's, you know, if you, if you're going to spend so much time and effort getting some things exactly right, why not just get it all right? At any rate, the other interesting thing to note here about Legolas and Gimli as well, we don't know their hair color. I don't think it's ever stated for either of them. Legolas is kind of generally assumed to be blonde, but he's actually probably darker-haired, because other than the Noldor, who, I mean, not the Noldor, the uh, the Vanyar, who were rather famously blonde-haired, there's not really a whole lot of other blondes out there, and most of the ones that are, are descended from Noldo-slash-Vanya marriages. So, for example, Finarfin in his house. Uh, but the Cinderin elves and the you know those types they're not really stated to be blonde generally. We do get some weird ones like Celeborn and Thingol who have really silvery hair, but those are kind of exceptions to the rule. Uh, so probably as a Cinderin elf he had brownish hair, maybe even darker brown hair. I mean Tolkien tends to have this really solid aesthetic, he's either got really blonde people or he's got really dark-haired and gray-eyed people. That tends to be kind of the two poles. Hobbits are like the only ones that fall kind of in the middle with just brown. So, anyway, that being said, there are a few artists out there who have portrayed Legolas with dark brown hair, 
And in all honesty, they're probably more correct. But, like, nobody thinks of Legolas that way. For whatever reason, everybody assumes he's golden-haired. Possibly because the elves that we get described in The Lord of the Rings as, you know, with their hair color, tend to be blonde. And by that, I mean Galadriel. I mean, that's, that's you know, we get Galadriel. That's not entirely true. We do get a description of Arwen as having really dark hair. Um, but she is such a fleeting presence at the... Uh, the the feast at Rivendell that most people probably don't even notice that. Whereas the golden hair of Galadriel is kind of a huge deal. So people remember that one. At any rate, we also get no real indication of what color Gimli's hair is. Everybody tends to assume it's brown. We get that in every description of him, every portrayal of him, everywhere in art, movies, everything. But we don't actually know. It could be black for all we know. We just, we're never told. So... That's the Fellowship. Now I'm going to make one little bonus point here because we do have kind of an honorary member of the Fellowship, and that's Gollum. So Tolkien, in describing Gollum, says a lot of different things that seem contradictory. In The Hobbit, he's said to be as dark as darkness. Tolkien kind of later went back and was like, well, no, actually, that just means you couldn't see him in the dark. And he's stated to have pale skin in the Lord of the Rings, so there's these contradictions, and Tolkien kind of resolves it that way, and he also gives a little bit more description that's a lot more specific than what we get in any of the books, although we do get some of this in the books as well. He notes that Gollum would have had long hands and webbed feet with prehensile toes. He would have been emaciated with a large head and a long, thin neck, thin, lank hair, and large eyes. And he would have worn black garments, but his skin would have been almost bone white. The skin, of course, makes sense. I mean, he's been living in a mountain for several hundred years. He's gotten no sun. He's got literally no tan. Uh, except for, you know, and once he came out, he avoided the sunlight as much as possible. The black garments is the most interesting thing here. And careful readers of The Hobbit will have noted that Gollum kept the ring in his pocket. And this is something that Tolkien refers back to in this description. He's like, he was wearing clothes. Like, this is why he looked black from a... Because he mentions there's a passage in Lord of the Rings where it says if, if an eagle or something had been flying high above and seen them in the Dead Marshes, or maybe it was right after the Dead Marshes, it just would have noted three dark specks. And it's like, why would Gollum be a dark speck? Because he's wearing dark clothes, Tolkien says. Well... He's always been wearing clothes. He had a ring in his pocket, and he's had, as Tolkien points out, many opportunities to pick up new clothes since he left the Misty Mountains because he's raided homes and been probably clothed by the Wood Elves when he was captured and taken to Thranduil by Aragorn. So he's had opportunities to get new clothes. So he's he's not like any of the versions that we get in any of the movies because in all of them, he's wearing barely a loincloth. I mean, like, one that looks like it's about to fall apart at any time. So all of those are incorrect. Where they're all right, of course, is the emaciatedness. Except Rankin Bass's doesn't really look emaciated. He's actually got a really swollen belly, and it's kind of weird. Although Rankin Bass does pick up on the frog-like nature of Gollum, which is kind of remarked on in a couple of different places. And that goes along with the webbed feet, which... It's a really interesting 
thing to think about, not to mention the prehensile toes. And for those of you who don't know, by the way, because this is a word that even I had to look up, I knew this at one time a long time ago, but prehensile basically is like what your fingers do. They can grab things. They can grasp, you know. So not like our normal feet where you can't really grab things with a human foot. Apes have prehensile feet. That's that's what we're talking about here. So Gollum would have had prehensile toes in the way that we have prehensile fingers, but we don't have prehensile toes. So that's a really interesting remark, which is, it's like, where, how, what what in the world, why does Gollum, who is presumably, according to Gandalf, like a, a an early version of a stoor, why does he have, like, frog-webbed feet with prehensile toes? That's so weird. And there's zero, zero movie portrayals that, that do that with him. And, of course, none of them give him clothes either. They all kind of do give him the big eyes and the big head and even the long, thin neck. Although, Rankin Bass's, the neck is not that thin. It's kind of arguable, I guess. But the other two, Bakshi and Peter Jackson, certainly very thin neck and big eyes. So, you know, by and large, all three versions do a pretty good job of portraying Gollum. And where they fail, they tend to all fail in more or less the same way with a handful of exceptions. So, that is what the members of the Fellowship should look like, according to Tolkien, both from his book and from comments he made in other places, versus what they actually look like in the movies. So, really interesting to compare all these different things. It's always kind of neat to consider, you know, just how we've never really gotten truly accurate versions of any of these characters in any movie, really. Uh, so, I mean, some of them come really darn close, I will say. I mean, like, the relative heights of Viggo Mortensen and Sean Bean, close enough. I mean, like, and you're not going to find too many six-foot-six actors. So, I mean, in a live action, that's just going to be tough to do. So, I mean, some of that you just kind of have to give way to in terms of the height stuff. But, you know, like, Boromir's general appearance, other than the beard, is mostly right in Peter Jackson. So, really interesting just to compare and contrast and be like, okay, so if we were going to ideally cast these people and make them up to look exactly like what Tolkien describes, how would they be different? And now we have an idea. So, if you were ever wondering about that, like the guy who made the comment, now you know. With that said, I hope you enjoy the video, and I hope you had an interesting time thinking about all these different characters, how they might look. And if you did like the video, please do give it a thumbs up and share it around. Please also subscribe and click that bell icon if you want to catch all my future content. Follow me on Twitter at JRRTLore for occasional Tolkien-related trivia questions. You can also catch me on podcast apps and on Rumble and Odyssey, and you can support me over at Patreon. Until the next time, I'm the Tolkien Geek, signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namariye.